Welcome to the Growth Lab. I am Tej Singh, personal growth enthusiast, world traveler, sales professional on a spiritual journey to live my highest expression. This podcast is meant for individuals looking to evolve in all aspects of their lives. I interview leaders and coaches that have a passion to grow beyond the status quo and expand into their highest potential. Let's dive into it as we help you get 1% better with every episode. Welcome to the fourth episode of Growth Lab. Super excited to announce our guest, Danilo Capric. Danilo, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, really excited for this episode. I, I really feel it's going to be a good one. Uh, uh, entertain me as I go through a quick intro about Danilo, uh, and then you know we'll pass it on to him to sort of kick us off and uh, really uh, share a lot more about his journey. Um, so professionally, Danilo has spent uh, five years working at a company called Gartner uh, Research and Advisory uh, in various different roles as an account executive, working with CIOs, CMOs, and CEOs. Uh, and he's also spent some time working in sales and learning development. Uh, he's lived in many places in Florida, in Dallas, in Boston, uh, you know, with, with Gartner. Uh, and we actually, uh, Danilo and I started uh, Academy at Gartner together. So about five, six years ago, uh, you know, we, we started at Gartner together and he's now moved on uh, to working at New Relic, which is a software as a service company. Uh, he's a named account executive and now resides in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Danello also has a master's in organizational psychology uh, and his studying for his MBA specializing in data and analytics. Uh, personally, you know, what I love about Danilo, him and I are super good friends. Uh, he's also a fellow traveler on, on, on the journey of self-discovery. Uh, he's always striving to become the best version of himself and is super committed to his growth, always showing up for everyone around him. Uh, Danilo is one of a kind, and I'm super excited to share his insights today. Uh, as an overall theme for the episode today, we'll be covering uh, Danilo's career journey and how personal growth has become a key pillar inside and outside of his work, uh, why self-reflection is super important in his life, uh, and applying positive psychology uh, when facing difficult situations. And uh, we all know we're in a difficult situation right now with everything happening, so we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that uh, in the later part of the conversation. So Danilo, again, thank you for joining. Why don't we, uh, why don't we start with your career journey and how uh, personal growth has really become a key pillar inside and outside of your work? Sounds good. Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you for that intro. Uh, that was, that was awesome. Thank you for, for hyping it up. Um, <laughs> but in terms of, you know, where does, where does personal growth come in on, on my journey? I think the sort of the genesis of everything was in 2012. 2012 mm -hmm. was a really challenging year for me. I was still in school. Um, I was 20 years old. And at that time, personal development was, was really just it wasn't super important to me. I think I was, was just underneath that point where you start to get exposed to those certain things, those books, those people, those conversations. Um, and unfortunately, but fortunately, I was kind of forced into it because of a tragedy that came out of nowhere. Um, so people who, who know me quite well know that uh, my father passed away from a heart attack in 2012 uh, in September. And during the time, I mean, I was knee deep in my classes. I was focused on trying to you know, graduate with a degree and then get a good job to support my family because we never really had like super a lot. You know, my dad worked at 7-Eleven, my mom makes cakes for a living. Like we were just, you know, kind of average. 
Um, and when he passed, um, man, it's just life got really, really tough for us. We saw the, the, the dark clouds. Like I had my bank account on zero a lot of times. It was, it was really, you know, tough. And I had to go without a lot of things. I took out loans. I went through all, all sorts of things. And during that time, I uh, was working at a shoe store called Cole Han. And um, thankfully, I had some good people around me. And, you know, one of the first things I did was I asked my manager for more responsibility, right? And um, ended up getting a, a 50 cent raise at the time, which was huge for me. I was like, oh my God, yes, great. And then I picked up another job at Brooks Brothers right down the, the mall, if you will, um, and started really, you know, grinding and trying to really uh, just, just help myself and my family financially. And through that struggle, I started to just tiptoe into personal development. And I think it started with reading books and just trying to improve myself during that time because I was just so stressed out. I didn't want to talk to my family because it was always a depressing conversation. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to talk to my friends because I felt terrible. It was really just a bad place and a bad time for me. And I kind of found comfort in the early stages of positive psychology, which led me to personal development. And everything started when I picked up um, this book by this guy called Martin Seligman, who's known as one of the founders of positive psychology. And the book was called Flourishing. And ever since then, oh my gosh, I've just gotten <laughs> knee deep into this stuff. I've met incredible people like you who have helped me along the way. Um, and ever since then, personal development has developed routines for me or allowed me to, to develop certain routines that have been critical since 2015 and I still practice today. And I credit a lot of those routines um, with the success that I've been able to find early in life. And um, also the peace of mind I feel like I've been able to find early in life. So um, I think that's where really things started for me, that, that pivotal year, the tragedy, and you know the gentle push that I got into it. Um, and here we are today with all of that. Yeah, I appreciate that, Danilo. And thank you for your vulnerability and sharing that, how you took such a difficult situation in your, in your life and turned it around, you know, because oftentimes you see folks can go into a negative spiral, right? And you found a way to, to find a positive spiral and come out of it, uh, you know, being a, being a better person. Uh, and you mentioned the, the, the flourishing book about positive psychology. Perhaps, you know, speak to that a little bit, how that impacted you, because I don't think we've had a chance to talk about that, that specific book. And, you know, you don't have to go into the details, but what was, you know, what was the impact of that book? And was that, you said the, the genesis, right? Was that the genesis that allowed you to come out of this difficult situation? Mm, yeah, no, great question. So that book, really what it did for me was it taught me that there is a science of happiness out there. Mm -hmm. Positive psychology is the scientific literature about how you can increase measured happiness and well-being. And at that time, that's what I needed. That's what I, my well-being and my happiness was at the floor. It was at the bottom. There was nowhere to go but up. And this book told me that there was a way scientifically to do this. And you can only imagine at that time with that level of desperation I was at, I was like, wow, this could be an answer here. Mm -hmm. And from that book, I, I then read another book by this gentleman named Sean Anker. He has a very popular TED Talk. I'm sure uh, many people have heard it. But um, the book was called uh, The Happiness Advantage. And I read that one. And then it led me to more and more and more. And then I just started looking up this stuff all the time. Um, and it definitely became the catalyst that, that allowed me to be more open to other conversations that started teaching me how to see the bright side of things. And during that time, I started to learn like, hey, I don't have to feel this way all the time. 
I, I learned things like Martin Seligman, one of his um, experiments that, that he has that's still on, on record today, you can look it up, but it's, it's called the, the three things. And so just at the end or the beginning of your day or whatever frequency you want, you write down the best three things because our brains are trained to think about the negative from a survival instinct, right? Our, our, our ancestors were trained to over-focus on the negative because if you didn't, you would die. Um, and that was another good thing I got from those books is I learned that humans are predisposed to be more negative. We're predisposed to be more concentrated on what goes wrong versus what goes right. And after I learned that, I said, wow, I can make this shift in thinking and start to ignore that, that negative impulse that comes first and replace it with the positive. And so now it's been almost six years and I've been training my brain ever since to start looking for the good, to start finding the positive. And now I even find myself when I'm around a negative person, I can, I can politely weave some positivity into the conversation and nobody knows, like nobody even knows it's happening, you know? And, um, you know, just little skills like that have been immensely valuable in work, outside of work with family as well. Um, and I've now been able to use positive psychology in a various amount of situations that I think have benefited all parties involved. So I'm very thankful that I picked up that book. I'm not really sure how I came across it when I think about it, but I'm just so glad that I did. And yeah, it kind of led to the, as you mentioned, it became the gen genesis of me getting into personal development. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And, and I've heard you mention uh, positive psychology quite a bit, right, over the, over the time and some of the conversations we've had. Um, and it's interesting because back in the day, you know, positive psychology wasn't even, uh, wasn't even looked at, right? It wasn't even researched. And it's a, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you know the year, it's, it's a recent uh, study, right? It's a recent kind of research that they're doing on how positive psychology is a thing. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, reading a couple of those books and how they had a, such, a, such a great impact. Now, you know, perhaps give us one or two examples of, of how you've applied that, right? Mm. And, and uh, you know, how you applied that in situation. Maybe, you know, you, you mentioned how you kind of came out of the difficult situation that you were in. You know, you can perhaps speak to that or also, you know, how you see it come up in your day-to-day, -day, right? And, and perhaps how the audience uh, could apply that when they're, you know, uh, dealing with a micro, a small situation in their life, and then perhaps a, a big one like you did. You got it. Um, so one, I think that everyone will uh, be able to relate to centers around family. And I don't know anybody that has a perfect family. Everybody has, you know, issues. Everybody, you know, when you get together for the holidays, some people say, oh man, I can only be around my family for so many days, whatever. But the point is, at some point, everyone can get frustrated with a family member or even a friend, right? So for any relationship, this is a real story I wanna share because it was so impactful in my life. And for anyone that knows me prior to 2015, they would have told you that back in the day, I was a really demanding friend. And what that means is I would really like tell people how they should live their lives. I was very, I think, controlling. I was very uh, centered from the ego. And I thought my way was the way everyone should, should do things, right? And I'd be like, do this, do that. Why don't you do that? Uh, a lot of unsolicited advice was being given from Danilo back in those days. Um, and Danilo stumbled across another great book during these, these early days, I'd say maybe 2013. Um, and the book was called Humble Inquiry. And what it taught me how to do was how to start asking people questions as opposed to telling them what to do all the time. And the person I decided to really apply this with the most was my sister because my sister and I, although we were raised in the same house, you know, we, we went on different paths 
And I really found myself every time I got on the phone with her, I wasn't just being a good brother. I wasn't just being a sibling and listening and, and nurturing and giving love. I was giving criticism 24 seven. And what that did was it drove a wedge between us. It did not accomplish the goal that I wanted, which was to get us closer together and have her be more like me. No, it drove us apart. And so one of the things I started implementing after that book was I stopped telling and I started asking. And when I started asking more, I got to learn more about other people. And when you get to learn more about other people, you talk about what they like. You talk about their passions, their interests and desires. And that allows you to deepen the relationship you have with them. And once you deepen the relationship you have with them, now there's new layers of vulnerability that can get pulled out. And it's a safe place to do so. And over a period of, I'd say, about a year, I forged this awesome relationship with my sister where I started asking her more about the things she was really passionate about at the time, which included veganism and childcare. Two things that I really wasn't super duper interested about, to be honest. But guess what? I learned a lot about those things. And today, I eat plant-based. Today, even though I don't have a child, I know how to take care of one. I know what not to do. <laughs> and so I also benefited in that situation. I got my mind opened up to some new things, right? Mm -hmm. um, my, my best five friends that live in Orlando, Florida, and now one is in D.C., they would also tell you the same thing. Like I used to tell them, you know, one example, if we had a reservation or we were going out someplace, and if they weren't ready on time, because a lot of them were usually late, I'd be like, guys, come on, hurry up. Let's do this. Let's do it. go take a shower. Go do this. Go. And instead of that, the revised version after reading this book was, hey, guys, what time did we say we're going to be there again? And they act. See, big difference. Same goal is accomplished. Yeah. And so though that was probably one of the biggest things I got out of um, positive psychology. Although I, I don't think that that technique necessarily derives from positive psychology, more broader psychology. Um, it was a gentleman named Edgar Sheen, who's an organizational psychologist that wrote that book, Humble Inquiry. Um, but regardless, it was a great psychological flip to go from telling and start asking. And it just allows relationships to flourish so much because you know, you no longer have an objective. You're just asking. Mm -hmm. That's it. So yeah, yeah, that was something really powerful that I think can solve a lot of issues in relationships that people have every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, if you just make that subtle little flip. You can, you can really change who you are and change your relationships in the most positive way. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. You know, and, and there's a couple of threads that we can explore. Um, you know, one, one thread uh, I want to ask you about organizational psychology and your masters that you've, you've done there, right? How, you know, some of the, some of the takeaways that you've, you've done there and uh, anything you want to share around that. And the second mm -hmm. thread is, you know, one thing I was reflecting on as you were speaking, Danilo, is that you have great self-awareness right? Like, you know, as, as time has gone, gone, uh, you know, as, as time has passed, you look back and you say, you know, Danilo in 2015 was this way. Danilo in 2016 was this way, which is great awareness because a lot of, a lot of times we don't take the time to be aware of, of some of the things that we're not doing right. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of enhance the things that we're doing, you know, great, but we won't pick out the negatives and which you do a great job of, right? And, you know, as, as, as you were talking, you were, you mentioned a few things, right? So the second thread I want to explore is just how you've been able to have that self-awareness and how you've been, been able to harness that self-awareness, right? So let's start with the organizational psychology piece and then we'll go into self-awareness. Cool. Cool. Um, so yeah, organizational psychology was funny. I think just uh, the reason I got that degree was, um, because at the time, you know, the job was going to help pay for it. 
Uh, I always said I wasn't going to ever get a master's degree unless my job paid for it. So I made sure that happened. Um, and then I think it, it just stemmed from uh, a desire to learn more about psychology. I was reading all these psychology books and then I learned about positive psych and I said, you know what, wait, there's this field called organizational psychology. That's all about the psychology of people at work. Oh, mm -hmm. that's interesting. Let me, mm -hmm. let me, let me hear about that a little bit. Um, and I, I was really able to take away some good things from it. I think uh, one personal story that, that would be fitting is uh, during a time in Boston. Um, as you know, this was the time where I moved from Florida. It was my first big move. I was born in Florida. Um, and I was on a great team that, that for two years on a sales team in, in Florida. And I got my first promotion and I, I moved up to Boston. And on that team in Boston, I was the youngest person on the team by far. People had kids. People were like in their 30s, 40s. Um, and here I am, this young, like, I think I was 23 or no, 24, 24 at the time. And it's just like, wow, who's this kid? Um, and at the beginning, I thought that I had nothing in common with everybody. And uh, I certainly acted like it. I, I didn't befriend my coworkers. I kind of maintained my distance. And it wasn't until after a full year of that behavior did I realize, like, wow, like, cause let me, let me pause real quick. I, I thought that, um, you know, the work environment was just not good and I wasn't enjoying myself, but that's the thing I realized after year, I'm like, wow, I'm really not happy with this. Mm -hmm. And as I was reflecting on the, the unhappiness, I said, wait a second, I'm really the cause here because I'm finding every difference between me and my coworkers. I'm finding everything not to be satisfied about. And I'm, I'm focused on that. And no wonder I'm attracting all these negative feelings because I'm focusing on the things that drive me apart from my workspace and from my coworkers and from my company. Mm -hmm. And so um, positive psychology or, uh, you know, organizational psychology taught me that uh, there was this, there was this book, uh, I can't remember the exact name of it, but I think it's on my LinkedIn. If you look on my LinkedIn, I have a, a list <laughs> of recommended books. You can, you can look at that list. Um, but anyways, it, it was talking about how to be a positive catalyst at work. And I realized that I was being a kind of a negative catalyst at work. Mm -hmm. And so after that year, I flipped and I made a, a, a twist, if you will, to be more vocal with my coworkers. Mm -hmm. And I got a really good opportunity when we got this new guy on our team. And I started just talking to him every day, you know, getting to know his story. Because that's what I realized. I didn't have anything in common with these people. I didn't know anything. Like, I didn't try to befriend them, like I said. Um, and so, yeah, after about three months of effort, it was noticeably different on my team. There was more laughter. There was more handshakes. There were more stories being told, right? And that led to deeper relationships, which, as I mentioned before, allows for the, that deep vulnerability and real connection. And so things actually started to, to turn out better after that. Um, but yeah, a lot of other things were, were gleaned out of the organizational psychology. Um, I got to study about a lot of theories that, that were really true that I didn't know about. Um, a lot of just different people in psychology that I got to learn about as well. Um, but I think the, the greatest thing about it is that it gave me the information that I could then apply in my professional and personal life. So for anyone who's interested or curious about getting a degree, um, I, I would just invite them not to consider the degree itself, but how you can take that information and really apply it in your life. That's great. You know, thank you for sharing that. And it seems like the common thread that I'm picking up, you know, uh, along the different um, pieces that you mentioned is, is the, the humble inquiry piece, right? The communication piece and how critical that is in, yeah. in, in no matter the situation you're facing, right? Opening up the, the gates of communication can lead you to results that you're looking for, right? Uh, as you mentioned in your, in your, in the scenario of, uh, you know, dealing with your, working with your sister and then also at work too, is a lot of it about was not just perceiving 
what's what's taking place and then just having a negative connotation about it rather it was like inquiring to figure out what, what the issues were and then finding a common ground right mm-hmm. both in in your relationship with your sister and then also at work so that that seems to be the a common thread that supported your growth, right? Where you've been able to uh, really open open up in that way. And I and I and I believe we uh, perhaps talked about a book also called Crucial Conversations. Remember that yes. was a that's yes. a that's a great that's a great book too. Uh, that that speaks to how uh, your crucial conversations can lead to the most amount of growth. But we, mm. we suck at it as, right. as as a collective, right? So that's a, uh, that, 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 I think that's a really key point. Now let's talk about the self awareness thread because I think that's 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 super important, right? So you can't really change anything about yourself if you don't have the awareness that it's broken or it's not right, right? And and uh, it's 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 so important to have that awareness. So you know, tell us how you've you've harvested and and manifested that awareness within yourself and how you've been honest with yourself when you found areas that needed to get worked on. Yeah, I think it's been a combination of, you know, just, I've been really lucky to have some great friends around me. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also just gotten the, I don't know how it happens, but the right book seems to fall in my hands at the right time. When I need a new crucial skill or I'm going through something, I I find some great material about it and learn how to apply it. Um, But speaking to the good friends piece first, um, there was a moment in 2015 it was within my first six months of transitioning from that college life to working a corporate professional nine to five job. And gosh, really stressful for me. Really, really stressful for me. Uh, I remember days I just wanted to throw it all away and quit. Days I was like, man, I miss school. I miss those days of no responsibility. And it was just that transition period between like, you know, being a college kid and then and a professional adult. And it was tough. It was tough. Just, just tough. So one day I get home and I'm, uh, I just feel like I'm about to break down. Like, I just want to cry. Uh, I'm stressed because the job isn't going well in my eyes. I'm stressed because at the time I was pursuing that master's in organizational psychology. And I said, why am I doing this? It's cost me like some money and da da da. Cause Gardner wasn't paying for all of it, but a portion of it. So I still had money uh, to pay for that. Um, and there was just a, a couple of things too with family, all this stuff was coming down and it was just the perfect storm. So what I did was I called one of my friends uh, Alejandro Lozano, shout out to him forever. Um, he's one of my really good friends based in Orlando, Florida. And at the time, uh, he had two master's degrees in psychology. I knew he was very like self-aware. He was a very impressive individual to me. So, uh, I reached out to him and I, I just, I broke it down. I was just crying. I was like, Oh my God, bro, like all this is happening. This is what I'm feeling. La, la, la. Like, you know, just went off on him and he's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Please get a piece of paper and a pencil. And I'm like, <laughs> and he's like, here's what I want you to do real quick. Write down just in a broad category, what these the individual things are that are stressing you out. And I was like, okay, cool. So I just, boom, boom, boom. There was four of them, wrote it down. And after I wrote them down, he said, okay, now I want you to look at all of those things you just wrote down and ask yourself, what's really happening in reality? Because what you're writing down is in your head, it's perceived, that's how you're feeling. But now let's actually rationalize or let's determine whether these things are rational or irrational. So we did that, we went right through them. The first one was um, around money and work. And after objectively looking at it, there was no real evidence to suggest that there was any problem with work. After looking at the list, I was like, wow, I've only gotten positive feedback from my from my superiors and leaders i've already got this much revenue in 
oh, wow, I think I'm the one making a little bit of a scene here, right? Okay, let's move to the next one. That one's clearly in my head, right? And we did that process for, for each of them. And it was so amazing because I went from this crying, hysterical state to all of a sudden saying, man, you know what? <laughs> it's not that bad. Like, this is pretty okay, you know? So, yeah. um, and now that's a technique that I literally applied uh, within the last seven days. Um, I had a moment again, you know, and just did it. And it makes, it just works every time. Um, so, you know, that's one exercise that I like to continuously leverage whenever I do feel overwhelmed or if, if I feel like something's not right or things aren't going my way, I objectively look at it and you kind of have to just challenge yourself, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you almost have this, it's almost like you, you're, you're one being, but you separate from yourself at a moment and look at what that other being is doing. <laughs> you're like, wait, 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 let me just, let me just make sure I know what I'm seeing right here. Um, so that's been one very helpful exercise and shout out to the good people who've always been around me to, to be good avenues and outlets to, to express myself and let me get some frustration off. But that exercise in particular has been life-saving and has led to additional self-reflection later on in the path, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that technique. And I can see that being super relevant in these times right? when, 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 when everyone's feeling like the world is collapsing around them. Right. And, and you, you watch the media, uh, you, you know, you watch the, the news coming out of all, all different, different parts of the world. Uh, you know, and I, that could be a really good practice, right? The technique you mentioned of saying, you know, what is, uh, what is actually happening and what, it, what am I perceiving? Right, and mm -hmm. kind of discerning that. So that would be really, really good practice. You think that would work? Like how, how would that amount to the situation today? Like if people were to take that technique or is there any other techniques you would recommend uh, you know, in a situation that we're all facing today? I think, yeah, I think the journaling technique could work for whatever anyone's feeling in, in present times. Um, the way it would work is, is very similar, you know, just write down what it is that you feel at the moment is really causing you a lot of stress or grief or whatever the emotion is. And then take about five minutes and look for physical evidence, right? Look for evidence. Um, one good example was I used to have an irrational fear that I was going to pass away from a heart attack, just like my father. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had to look at the evidence. I took a blood test. I looked at my, 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 uh, vitals. I looked at my cholesterol. I looked at the fact that I go to the gym five days a week. I looked at the fact that I eat plant-based foods. And I said, wait a second, there's no evidence to support the fear of me dying from a heart attack. I don't support the conditions that would manifest such a reality. I don't, it's yeah. not going to happen. Okay. Um, and so, you know, that, that's an example. But, um, additionally, I think just, just having good people to speak with, like yesterday, I, I spoke for an hour and 20 minutes with one of my really good friends, Steve-O, shout out to Steve-O. And we just, we both had frustrating points in our weeks and, people don't realize how just essential communication is. Mm -hmm. I, I certainly, these days I do identify as more of a lone wolf. Like I have my people I love, but most of the time I'm alone, right? Um, I've never really been super big into romantic relationships. I haven't, I've been more focused on my goals and other, other things. Um, and so I had a time in my life where I was neglecting my relationships and I kept everything in. I didn't express, I didn't call people. I didn't do anything with, with others for a while. Um, in Boston specifically, and it led to a deep, deep depression, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think just, again, in these times, whenever people are going through stuff, um, communicate with others, have an outlet. You have to have an outlet because, you know, let's take this coffee cup. It's only about, you see how deep it is, right? There's going to be a point where you can, you can't fill it anymore. It's going to overflow. So you got to have another cup that's like you 
that you guys can, you know, <laughs> just, just share a little bit. And gosh, it just takes that light. Life gets lighter when you yeah. do that, you know? Yeah. So take that load off yourself and just empty out the cup a little bit. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, communication is, it's, it's so key. And as you, as you've described in the different scenarios, that's, that seems to be the common thread uh, that that's allowed you to really expand and, and grow through communication with others and using that as a tool for yourself too, and communicating with yourself and reflecting on things. Right. And, and you mentioned, you know, that this being one technique, and then you said you have other self-reflection techniques or, or tools, you know, can you speak to that a little bit too? You know, what, what, what other uh, avenues that you use for self-reflection? The most powerful one by far, like if we're, you know, if we're, if we're going to like, uh, I don't know, Pokemon cards or something, this one's got like 120 HP. This is the Charizard of techniques. <laughs> like this is, this is really, you know, and it's funny because I'm going to, I'm going to kind of drag it out a little bit, but a lot of people are usually put off by this technique. I think it is getting more acceptance as we roll into the 2020s and mental health becomes more of a priority, but going to therapy, specifically psychotherapy and for people who don't know what psychotherapy is, it is a method or a version of therapy that literally focuses on creating new neural pathways in your brain. What that means is think of a GPS. Think about if you, if you have a job that you commute to every day, you probably take that same path to work, right? Because you know it. It's easy. It's the shortest one, most likely. Whether it's you take public transport or you drive yourself or you ride a bike, whatever it is, you take that path all the time. Your brain also has a similar path that goes down when negative things happen or when positive things happen, right? And what psychotherapy is all about is giving your brain new paths to go through to accomplish a similar objective. For example, there was a point in my life where um, I was suffering from very interesting panic attacks. And I say very interesting because they would happen specifically at night when I was literally looking at myself in the mirror, brushing my teeth. No exaggeration, in Boston, 2017, 2018, this happened. And I met up with this great psychotherapist in Boston. He was actually a hypnotist too, which was really interesting. But um, we, we did several exercises where he taught me how to replace the feeling that I would get. Because what would happen is while I was brushing my teeth, I would get this strange, strange sensation in my legs that would then kind of crawl up my body, stay in my heart a little bit, and then result in this panic attack where I'm, I'm going nuts, I feel like I'm gonna die, right? That was the feeling, I feel like I'm gonna die. And we were able to create a new neural pathway in this brain up here that said, hey, when you feel that sensation in your legs, instead of going down the traditional path and letting all that come up, we're now gonna train you to think about all the things that you do that reflect the amount of love you have for yourself. Mm. For example, when I got that feeling in my legs, I'd say, man, I look at myself in the mirror, I say, you know what, shout out to you because you went to the gym today, you stuck to your commitments, look at you, you're flossing your teeth. How many people actually floss their teeth twice a day? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I even looked at that, I was like, man, look at you, you're doing all these good things for yourself. Like, shout out to you, thank you. And I treated those moments as a moment to give myself self-praise. And so, that was the most uh, earth shattering thing to me at the time because I was like, I can literally train myself to, to be more positive or to be happier or to replace a negative feeling. And I realized that there's an actual repeatable method that you can use to improve your life. 
So, you know, that's something I highly suggest to everybody to investigate if, if it, whether it's a panic attack, general anxiety, or any other kind of mental health issue that you're going to that you've maybe been suppressing or you're not really excited to talk about, just do a little research on psychotherapy. Type it in on your, on your Google, you know what I'm saying? Just, just, just look at it. And um, I, I would definitely invite anybody who's struggling with um, any kind of negativity that's been um, repetitive or progressive in life, definitely an avenue that you can use to help you self-reflect and more importantly, actively change and find a solution to those issues. I love that. No, thank you for sharing that. And you know, what I appreciate about you a lot is, is your vulnerability, right? You're, you're, you're so open to, to sharing, you know, your, uh, some challenges that you faced in your life and, and, and how you've come out of it. And that's great awareness on your part. So I, I love that. And thank you for sharing all the details that you have. Uh, and, and, and the other part of it is you're kind of breaking down the walls for psychotherapy because it is taboo in some ways. I think it's becoming more commonplace now than it has in the past. I mean, you can get apps now, nowadays, or you can, you can do, you know, therapy over, over, you know, just over video conference, uh, which in today's environment, that probably would be, would, would work pretty well. Uh, but thanks for breaking those walls down too, because, you know, it, it is, you know, there's different flavors of personal growth and there's different flavors of self-reflection and self-awareness. Obviously there's meditation, there's, you know, d different ways that, that folks can explore that, but you really have to find what works for you. Right. And, and, and thank you for sharing the examples that have really worked for you. Uh, and, and that's what I say in, in you know, all my episodes and in, in this podcast is, you know, when you hear something, experiment with it, you know, take one thing away, you know, become 1% better out of this podcast and take that one thing away, experiment and see if it works for you. Right. So, right. Uh, you know, I, I uh, there's been so many sort of key points that you mentioned throughout that folks can take one or two things away and say, okay, you know, let me try and implement this in my life and see if it works or not. Right. Mm. Um, but this has been a super great conversation. Noah, is there, is there any closing thoughts that you have for us before, before we let you go? Uh, I just want to first off shout out to you for having me and thank you for for you know um, having this podcast. Um, but kind of like you said, uh, I want to reinforce that point about everyone investigating and trying. And you know, treat I, I like to treat everything nowadays as a data point for me to further explore and to make my own hypothesis or opinion on. Um, and today, I think like you mentioned, I've given several data points, and I welcome anybody listening to certainly investigate those, certainly try those out, certainly look into them. And as you come across more data points in your life, just simply be open to them, look at them, but more importantly, remember that they're just data points mm -hmm. and use many of them to create a more solid solution for yourself and to just consistently achieve that 1% betterment. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, treat everything like a data point, investigate, be curious, and you'll eventually be where you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for reinforcing that. Such a, such a key point principle of this podcast, right? So, so I appreciate you reinforcing that. Now, Danilo, where can uh, people find you if they're looking for you on social media? Yeah, no problem. Uh, so Instagram, uh, it's DVCaprick, C-A-P-R-I-C. Um, really big on LinkedIn as well. If you want to connect professionally on LinkedIn, if you're on there, uh, definitely send me an invite. But those are probably my two biggest platforms. Uh, that, that definitely people can follow me on and uh, see more more kind of content and what I what I talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I follow Danilo's Instagram page. There's a lot of uh, cool things that he posts there, a lot of personal growth uh, 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 stuff that he posts on there. So, so give him a follow and I'll make sure to tag him when I do post this uh, podcast so you guys can, can find him. Thank you again, Danilo, for coming on the show, uh, coming on to Growth Lab and, and for our fourth episode. Uh, thank you.
Thanks for having me, Tidge.